Hello everyone, I'm Bob Main. Welcome to another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. Episode 595 being released on May 29th, 2022. This is a practical show done by a practical guy and that is me and you probably can tell a lower tone in my voice. You probably can tell not quite so much energy I normally have when I start these shows and that's because I'm saddened. I'm very saddened, uh, of course, about the massacre in Uvalde. And who wouldn't be? Everybody should be saddened by this. We're going to spend a little bit of time talking about this in this episode. John Payne joined me again for an interview, the same guest I had on a couple of weeks ago. And uh, we have some good, pretty good stuff to talk about. We even did a Patreon episode for all of my Patreon supporters. And by the way, for as little as $3 a month, you can support me on Patreon. And you can get these exclusive podcasts like the, the after-show discussion that we did after this interview. Please keep in mind that this show is brought to you by Keeper's Concealment. Keeper's Concealment. Now, by the way... They, they are the leading authorities on appendix carry, and there's two discount codes now because you listen to this show. You can get a discount code on all of their holsters by using Handgun World as the discount code, and you can get a discount at CCW Safe Legal Protection, and that's KC10 off. That's your discount code. This will all be in the show notes. So check out Keeper's Concealment. For especially if you like to appendix carry your firearms. All right, let's get into the main topic. We have a society problem. That is what's going on here. We have a society problem. You're going to hear John and I discuss it. But this kind of stuff is going to continue. This is pure evil, folks. This is absolute pure evil and this is how sometimes it manifests itself. And we are seeing it. We've had a degradation of society in America. That's where we're at. We have, we have young people, and it's really scary to see. We have young people that have no regard for human life. They don't respect authority figures. They get desensitized to things like violence. Uh, m many of them, they haven't made much of their lives because, you know, their parents weren't there. And in this case, we find out that he was living with his grandparent. And his grandparent was, both of them, I guess, were not quite, uh, you know, the most uh, parently type people, I guess. And, you know, whenever an 18-year-old is living with their grandparents, most of the time, there's a warning sign there. You know, where, where are the parents? And, and why can't the kid live with the parents? You, you have to ask those questions. He was troubled. Uh, there, you know, there's some mental illness there. There has to be. There has to be. He should have been given some counseling. He should have been given some help. There should be more resources available. We have a huge mental health crisis here. In America uh, I know this I have experience with this two family members of mine 
My late wife, she struggled with a lot of mental issues before she got ALS. And, and my oldest son struggles with anxiety issues. But they, get, they got help. They got help. And my son gets help, and he's doing real well. My, my son is doing very, very well with it because he's getting the help. We need to figure out a way, a way in this country to get especially the troubled youth, the, mental, the mentally challenged youth, we need to get them some help. This, this is a whole system failure, a whole society failure. And this is what really makes me mad when people want to blame the guns. You know, because the guns are only the tools that he used. I am going to share something with you uh, before... And this week, John and I covered a little bit of this in the after show, in the Patreon after show, but I'll give you a little bit of the information right now. Do you know when and where was the worst school massacre in United States history? I bet a lot of you won't know. Where was the worst school massacre? in U.S. history, and when was it? You might be surprised to know it was 1927. You heard that right, 1927, in Bath Township, Michigan. The attack killed 38 elementary school children and six adults and injured 58 others. Killed 38 innocent children and six adults and injured at least 58 other people. And by the way, no guns were used. (laughs) The AR-15 was not invented in 1927. A lot of guns that we have today were not even in existence in 1927. And Andrew Kehoe, on May 18, 1927, did not use a gun. And he killed 38 elementary school children and six adults. That is another example of pure, pure evil. In 1927, he built a bomb in the basement of the school. He built a bomb in the basement of the school. And he also had explosives in a truck nearby. This guy had blown up his family farm. He murdered his wife. And then he went to the school building, elementary school, built a bomb in the basement and detonated it. This is in Michigan where this happened. No guns. So see, you can't, here's a perfect example. You cannot blame the guns. I bet a lot of you didn't know that, and I'm going to go ahead and link in the show notes. I'm going to put a link in the show notes so you can read all about it. It's fact. It's fact. I did my research. I looked it up. So tell people about that. I mean, it's a a horrible, tragic event, and we, we don't ever want to glorify any type of an event like this, but we must stay informed. And I think you do need to inform people of what happened back in 1927, when Joe Biden's AR-14s, or AK-14s, whatever he called them, did not exist, President Biden. Okay? Just, just so you know, President Biden, though, it, though, these guns did not exist in 1927. 
And so the point I am making here is that if people want to do this, they're going to find a way to do it. Now, with with about 350 million guns out there, or more guns than there are people, how there's no way to stop access to firearms. There's no way. Before I get to John's interview, let me say this. What do we know about the Uvalde shooting? How did it end? It ended with a good guy with a gun shooting the bad guy. That's how it ended. And it would not have ended if there was not a good guy. Finally, something like 40 minutes later or whatever, finally showed up. A good guy that, by the way, was trained, that knew what he was doing. Obviously, there's a lot of law enforcement and responders in this situation did not know what they were doing. That's another problem. And John John and I will talk about that. But right now, the genie is out of the bottle. There's guns out there. And it's it's not going to be possible to get all the guns out of, out of the streets. And it should not be, okay? We should not be disarming people just because there are crazy, evil, evil people. We should be not be disarming the innocent because there are crazy people out there. How stupid is that? How stupid is it to disarm the innocent? Those are the people that the evil people want to attack. Why do you want to disarm people that are going to come under attack from other evil people. That's just, that's crazy. That's just nuts. It's crazy thinking, but yet there are people in this country that want to do that. That's all I'll say for now. Let's go ahead, get into the interview, and I got a few comments when we come back. Back with me for another episode, John Payne. John, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me back, Bob. Well, you know what? That last interview we did a couple weeks ago, it got a lot of really good reviews. Matter of fact, the Firearms blog picked it up and linked to it. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of traffic coming from that. And, uh, in fact, they had something to say, which I want to cover with you. So uh, you're back by popular demand, John. Wow. I'm honored. Well, you know, when good material goes up there, uh, people recognize it and they listen to it and they probably pass it around. So I hope that uh, we don't disappoint this time. I don't think we will. I hope not. So I wanted to bring you back because we finished up saying or you were talking about some things that you saw at the CRG2, the Suarez International CRG2 class that you recently taught. So I know you want to talk about that coming up soon, right? Yes. Okay. I would like to begin by clarifying something. Um, The title of our last interview, I borrowed it from you. You borrowed it from Gabe Suarez. We need to give Gabe the credit. And basically, he said, Gabe said, it's easier to teach a fighter to shoot than it is to teach a shooter to fight. So I wanted to put that out there and maybe we could expand a little bit on that right now. I don't think um, that uh, that Gabe invented that phrase. Uh, he may have in the in that exact context, but you know we've been talking about that for years, uh, many years. many years. As soon as 
dynamic movement was added to the training curriculum, uh, accusations were made of, you know, hey, hey, y'all stop. No karate on the range. Yeah, baloney. Okay. So there, there has been a reluctance in the past by, by some factions to incorporate uh, combatants with firearms. And I think that's a great thing. And, you know, whether Gabe invented it or not, you know, let's just let's let's talk about the point. And I think the point is extremely valid that there are a lot of people that know how to fight. And it's probably fairly easy for them to learn how to shoot. But the problem is on the opposite side of that, there are a lot of really, really good shooters out there. I mean, really good shooters. But when it comes time to fight, they may not necessarily have the skills, correct? I'd agree with that. Uh, another problem is just having the physical skill set of being able to punch, kick, knee, elbow, what have you, uh, does absolutely no good without the the, the mental uh, aspect of it, the mental the mental preparedness. Oh man, is that a good point? So you know what? Since you're talking about mental preparedness, I, I got to talk about this because of what just happened recently. So now uh, we are getting more information about this uh, scumbag that that shot up Rob Elementary School in Uvalde. And we're getting information to the effect of the, for example, some of the officers, law law enforcement officers who were there didn't do much. Matter of fact, there's a video actually now that somebody took uh, showing the police officers restraining the parents from going into the school. And basically having an argument in front of the school with the parents. Okay. Um, and it kind of begs the question, because you used to be in law enforcement. Uh, apparently not many law enforcement, except for one, actually went in there with the mission to take that guy out. Okay. Well, let's step back a little bit. Right now, the, the information okay. that we're getting is from the same media that has uh, been so forthcoming and honest in the past. <laughs> Good point. So, um. <laughs> so quite honestly, whatever the media is putting out right now, I, I really don't care. Um, I, I don't know the exact sequence of events. Okay. We don't yet. No, no I, we don't. I don't. We don't. There are, there are those that, that do know the exact sequence of events and what happened. Um, Eventually it'll come out. Yes, it will. And I I have seen one source say so far, hey, for everyone that's that's talking about this right now, you don't have all the information. Uh, I believe from the information that I got that uh, they saved lives and they did the correct thing. So right right now, I'm not on either side of this thing until everything is out. I know how we train in this part of Texas. I know how uh, several departments in Southeast Texas and East Texas are trained. I have run that training. I have observed that training. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So let's talk about that. You know, yes, we don't have all the facts. And I was just basically kind of throwing that out there to get your opinion. Now, I have been saying, why don't we make schools hard targets? 
But it's not just as simple as putting law enforcement on site. Um, would you agree the law enforcement has to be trained and know how to deal with an active shooter? They have to be trained. They have to have the information. They have to know. And they have to have the correct mindset. Yes, that's correct. they got to have the right mindset. Um, and not all of them do, do they? Not all of anybody does. That's correct. So, I mean, we've had this conversation before about, you know, um, all, all these are, are, are good officers, but, you know, I know there's a few bad ones. Well, there's a lot of great teachers. There's a few bad ones. There's a lot of great dentists. There's a few bad ones. So that goes across career fields, spectrums, walks of life. Uh, what have you? It does. I, I believe that most people that get into the work of public service, i.e., first responders, whether it be EMS, firefighters, law enforcement, they go into that career because they genuinely want to help people and make yeah, and, that's correct. And make their home a better place. Well, you're the exception, John. But, yes, they want to make their place a better place. They want to make their home. They want to help. They want to do something. It just seems to me like they need to be better trained on how to do that. There is never a good argument against better training. No matter what training that you have, you always should want more and better training. Okay? Yeah. So but – Everyone else also needs to train their own kids. They got 18 years to train those kids. That is correct. Oh, boy, is that a good point. So spend a couple minutes. What do you think at this point, based on what you know or think you know or we think is accurate or we guess is accurate or just based on this tragedy alone? What do you think is going to stop this stuff, John? Uh, the second coming of Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You're right. You are absolutely I'm glad you said and, that. And, I, and I'm and not you, saying that to be uh, a, a smart aleck. Uh, I'm saying, no. saying that with, with all true intensity and honesty. Uh, that's what's going to cause it to stop. And I 100% agree with you. Lord, come quickly. And, uh, I, you know, here's the thing. You just said something, and I just agreed with you. You said something very, very politically incorrect, and that's the problem we have in this country, is I believe that God's been kicked out of this country. Nothing but the second coming of Christ is going to stop this stuff, but in the meantime, until that happens, and we don't know when that's going to be, in the meantime, what can we do to maybe slow this down a little bit? Anything? You have, you think? You have to be willing to fight. You have to be willing to fight. Absolutely. Uh, I got to share this since you brought that up. Somebody put this on my Facebook page, and I, and I had to share it on Facebook. It's just absolutely funny. It's a meme that says, never fight until you have to, but when it's time to fight, you fight like you're the third monkey on the ramp to Noah's Ark, and brother, it's starting to rain. Amen. And when it's time to fight, you fight. You fight your ass off. And I'll tell you what. Uh, talking about mindset, mindset I, me personally, I don't care. Had I been there at the time that that attack started, had I been there armed, I don't care if I die. I'm going in there after that bastard, and I'm going to do what I can. 
that's what the current training is for law enforcement response to an active shooter. If you're the first officer on scene, you identify the threat and you engage. And I would do that if it were me, even if I was in law enforcement, I'd have gone in there. And if I die going in there and that's the way that God wants me to go, then I accept that. And, and I'll, and I, when I, when I go, I'll see Jesus and we'll hopefully have a great conversation about it. But you know what? That's the kind of hardened mindset I think we need to have. Uh, you're absolutely correct. Um, I, I can't argue with that at all. Uh, so you you have to be willing. You have to have, have made peace with your maker. Um, there Amen. there are things that uh, and we've had this conversation before. There are things to me that uh, there's worse fates than than my own demise. Absolutely. And I will fight like I'm that third monkey on the ramp to Noah's <laughs> Ark because you know what? That's that's the kind of mindset that it takes. It, it does. And it and, and the gun community, it's a it's a uh, can be an unpopular opinion that uh, once it goes down, you have to want to engage the bad guy. And you know, what it seems to me. People in our Second Amendment advocacy community, we spend more time on talking about how to shoot and what our guns are and doodads and equipment. We spend a lot of time about defending the Second Amendment. I'm not saying that that's not important. We spend a lot of time on all that stuff, but we don't spend a lot of time on talking about what happens when the stink goes down. It's not as much fun. It's not as much fun. It's to not do as that, much fun it? to talk about that, to prepare for that to or train to, to for train it. for it to uh you know we've we've been conditioned by uh by media and an entertainment of, of how it, it's supposed to be and it and that's not what it is no that's not what it is so um we've talked about mindset you teach a class you've taught it many times you're very good at it crg2 close range gunfighting Level two, uh, that is a curriculum through Suarez International. And you said in our last interview, there were some things that you observed and were kind of learning experiences for you, right? They were learning experiences. Uh, they confirmed some of my suspicions uh, about uh, different gear, uh, equipment, uh, platforms. So, um, so let's have a gear discussion then. What did you observe? Uh, I observed uh, Glock pistols malfunctioning. What? Say it ain't so. No, that can't be. It's impossible. Uh, yeah, it, uh, Glock perfection, right? Um, no, yeah, that's that Glocks never fail. And, and I mean, here, I, I I got one right here, 50,000 rounds, never a malfunction. Um, that's a bunch of BS, but that's what people say. Well, you know, and here's different types of, of, of malfunctions, stoppages, Uh but what did you see? What happened? It, it's something that I've noticed before when someone would bring a, uh, a firearm back into my uh, buddy's store and say it wouldn't work. And then okay. we would take said firearm out to the, the control range to the bullet trap and put a magazine through it and not have a malfunction at all. Okay. Uh, jokingly, in the Air Force, we used to call this malfunction, uh, the cause was a loose trigger nut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, 
in all seriousness and jokes aside, there are some platforms that people have to condition themselves to be able to run that platform reliably. Um, and it has everything to do, unfortunately, for some, with strength. So get more detailed. So what what did you see people doing or not doing with their Glocks, and why were they the, malfunctioning? The issues I saw were with the, the strength of the wrist and the strength of the grip and being able to control the pistol. Ah, okay. So you and I both understand how a semi-automatic pistol operates and yes. and how you know it has to unlock it has to extract eject uh, feed chamber block all over again right and, wh- and yeah. when you rob that slide of inertia because the spring no longer has a solid platform to resist it causes problems so would you say they didn't have a good enough grip, not enough strength when they were running the pistol? Uh, the, the issues were with grip strength and uh, strength of the wrist. So I what mean, did you suggest those students well, do? Well, I worked with them on their grip and on their the fo- and their form. Some of that can be remedied by form alone. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's kind of like uh, when you learn certain shooting positions – and you find out that bone structure is is more rigid than trying to rely on muscle strength when you're in that position. When you're trying to use muscle strength alone, you become fatigued. Or, or uh, another good example of of uh, the technique being more important than physical strength is the kneeling position, because of where you place your your elbow. You know, you don't want to place your elbow on your knee because it's like trying to stack marbles. You're not going to be mm. stable. Uh, so, you know, so, some people that are a little longer framed may prefer to uh, to uh, place their their tricep on their knee or uh, if you're trying to get more elevation, whatever, place your elbow on your thigh. But that is more stable than trying to put your your elbow on your knee. Well, the same thing goes for your proper form for shooting a handgun. And if you don't have a good, rigid, good bone, bone structure form. And your wrist is not locked, then you're robbing. Once again, you're robbing that slide of inertia, and you're going to cause that pistol to short stroke, or yep. to you know failure to extract, failure to eject, and you're going to have those issues. Would you say that that's true with just about any semi-automatic pistol, or specifically Glocks? Any semi-automatic pistol. Okay. They, they work on as long as it's a good design. And it's a quality gun. They, mm-hmm. they, they work on the same principles. Yeah, they do. So uh, it, it really doesn't matter when it comes to, I mean, is it a, is it a Smith & Wesson Glock? Is it an Austrian Glock? Is it a Croatian Glock? Ger- you know, German is it a Glock, German Glock? Yeah, yeah you know. <laughs> uh, is it a Swiss Glock? Is it a, a Turkish Glock? There's a lot of different kinds of Glocks out there, aren't there? There, there are. There's a bunch. Kind of like the, all the different flavors of Coke. You know, you have Sprite Coke. You have A&W Coke. Everything's Coke in Southeast <laughs> Texas, you know. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so... Yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, the, the issues with the grip strength and, and the wrist, you know, and how can you alleviate that? Well, some of that can be improved. Maybe maybe you need a narrower pistol grip. 
you know, so, right. okay. so you, you yeah. get more of a, a positive grip on, on the gun itself. Um, yeah, based on your hand size. You know, maybe you need to do some exercises and, and you know and work on your grip strength. Uh, it, uh, what I understand, you know, find, finding uh, discarded paper that you're going to put in the trash, you can wad that stuff up all day long and, and work your, your finger strength um, and, and not cost you anything other than time. Yeah. Um, in that case where somebody is just uh, just can't seem to get it or doesn't have the strength or maybe they're partially disabled or who knows what, or maybe age is caught up with them and they just can't get the grip that they need, what do you suggest? You need to look at other platforms. You know, uh, Such as what? Maybe you need to go Revol- revolver. Maybe you need to go to revolver. Maybe you need to go. Okay. I mean, Smith and Wesson makes two shield models in the EZ, the 380 and the nine yep. millimeter. Um, they, they seem to function fine. I've seen them shoot. I've shot a couple of them. They they're accurate. But, you know, they're they're quality guns. Um, the Smith and Wesson EZ guns do seem like they're pretty good. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of some of the options that come on them, uh, like the grip safety and the thumb safety. But, right. but, you know, once again, if that's what you can run and, and you can train with it and become confident with it, but your confidence in what you're carrying is, is, is a big part of it. Or maybe they need to use a 1911 and just train like crazy on how to run it. If a 1911 uh, provides them the, the right uh, uh, diameter and grip and what have you, and they can run it reliably, why not? I mean, now, now yeah. If, 1911s are like anything else. You know, you can have uh, a, a tier one 1911, or you can have a, a tier zero that was put together by drunken monkeys on a Monday. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it, they got to find something that they can run reliably. Yeah. And, 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 and I would say if they could find a. If they, can't, if they can't run a Glock 19 or a Glock 48. Um, you know, pistols of that size. Mm-hmm. Are they really going to do, do any better with a 1911? Maybe not. You know, you brought up a Glock 48. That's a fantastic pistol for somebody that needs a smaller grip, but they want the Glock design or they want a pistol that is, you know, as universal as the Glock is. I, I like the 48. I really like the 48. It reminds me of a shrunk down, uh, you know, three quarter model size Glock 34. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. And I would say um, if you're willing to get the Shield Arms uh, S15 mags, which I've got four of them, and they run great, and you change out your um, magazine catch uh, on your Glock 48, it's probably a better gun than a Glock 19. For some. Absolutely. And Oh, damn. Dang it, Bob. I said absolutely. That's the second time I've said it tonight. <laughs> I'll forgive you. Um, um, that's fine. <laughs> anyway, um, it, it could be the ideal pistol for someone with, with, with a smaller sized hand. Uh, yeah. They don't have to go with the shield arm magazines. The factory magazines hold, no. uh, what, 10 rounds? 10 rounds, 10 rounds, okay. yeah. Yeah. Uh, if they like the shield arms magazines, they like having 15 rounds in the gun, 16 if you load the chamber, yeah. and they're reliable, have at it. 
Yeah, there's and there's a lot of choices out there. There's a lot of semi-automatics where you can, you know, they all come with, a lot of them come with three or four different grip panels, uh, back straps, so you can put the one on there that fits your hand the best, and it's it's good. It's just confusing to me. I mean, back in my day, you had to make your hand fit the gun, not vice versa, you know? Yeah, exactly. I know. And uh, But now we have all these choices. Right. And so pick the one. But what else did you see? What else w- was happening uh, uh, the, the, on, the, the, the gear selection. Uh, most of the belts were good quality belts. Most of the holsters were good quality holsters. Uh, I saw some issues with magazine pouches, and those were addressed. Um, magazine pouches, if they're not placed properly, if their magazines aren't, aren't oriented properly, it's going to cause you problems. They're, they're, yeah, they're, it is. And with your with your carry gear, your belt is the foundation of your gear. That is the platform that everything else rides on. Yeah. So there's there's absolutely no reason to spend a couple hundred dollars on a really nice holster and then buy a belt from J.C. because it was on sale. <laughs> the belt is so important. The belt is so incredibly important um, i've become a big fan of the wilderness tactical belts they're good they're good they're very stiff um i've used those i've used the 511 instructor belts i've, I've used a, a, a bunch of different ones i've used the matter of fact one of the ones i've had for the longest i've had it for the past 12 years is a, a sneaky uh sneaky urban gunfighting belt sneaky belt yeah, and uh, what I really enjoy about it is that it's not rigid like the like some of the others with the the inserts, it, but it fits my belt loops perfectly. It fits the the uh, loops on my holsters perfectly. Fits my magazine pouches perfectly. It doesn't move, um, and it's comfortable to wear. And I think it's important. <clears throat> excuse me. It's important that everything fits well. Hang on, I'm gonna uh, drink a little water here. I think it's important that everything fits well. For example, your belt loops being the same size as your belt. That's important, right? Very important. Yes, everything has to fit properly. Can you imagine getting a, a pair of boots that don't fit and trying to walk two miles on those boots? Right, that's a problem. By the, by, it's the by same the thing. By the time you, you've done your first lap, you're already miserable. Well, it's like that with... A lot of things, and it's especially that that way with with carrying a gun. And it's cliche, but carrying a gun is meant to be comforting, not comfortable. Uh, but you have to dress around your gun. We've had this discussion before. You have to, you know, select your gear properly. Um, and it's just like playing golf. You don't play golf with a driver and a putter. You've got a bunch of other woods and irons in there for for different scenarios. The same thing goes for your gear. It's actually, I've done it before. It's actually kind of fun to uh, pl- play in a miniature tournament with nothing but a driver and a putter. Uh, <laughs> um, actually, one time I went out, I did one of those. I, I had three clubs uh, just to get off subject here a little bit. I had a seven iron, a three wood, and a putter. And uh, you, you can make it work, but it's not ideal. I, I uh, usually was at the pond fishing while my parents were playing golf. I had golf lessons. <laughs> uh, my mother thought I was really good at it, uh, and I uh, made her proud playing golf. But I liked fishing. Yeah. Uh, so back to shooting now. So 
today's choices that we have in guns, gear, and everything, uh, I think seems to me makes it pretty easy if somebody really wants to, pretty easy to get the right setup for for that person. Especially they just at, have to pay attention. Especially they pay attention, do their homework, and even get an educated person to help them. Yes, and un- very, un- very important. not everyone that thinks they know all this stuff really knows all this stuff. And I would say the best way to get that advice is come to a class that is taught by a competent st- instructor. Somebody like you, you know, or, and there's a lot of competent instructors out there, but find one and get your butt to the class. And take it from, from different instructors. And take it from different instructors. Not, not yes. everyone sees the, the same pattern the same way. No, they don't. No, they don't. You got to invest in training, though. I've always been a big believer that you got to invest in yourself. You are the greatest asset that you have. You, you are going to pay much more in returns than most other assets. You're going to pay that to yourself. Very well said, Bob. And you got to invest in yourself. Um, and and I think thanks for sharing your your experiences from CRG too. Uh, I just want to shift gears a little bit. I think getting back to this um, this school shooting, it, I think if we make the commitment in this in this country to do several things, and I think it's going to make a it's going to take several things that we can at least slow some of this down. And I think one is. We've got to stop talking about gun control, period. We need to stop talking about it. And we need to invest the time, the mental energy, and the money that people are spending on gun control talk. And we need to start equipping people to make a difference and try to prevent and stop some of this stuff. What do you think? Well, I don't debate anyone about my rights. There's nothing to my rights are not up to their debate. I agree. I agree. And, you know, we do we do see patterns with this kind of stuff, John. You know, we see these these cold blooded, cowardly killers. Uh, Most of them come from broken homes. Uh, Most of them come from either a godless family or a godless environment. Uh, most of them have been desensitized to the the consequences of their action, and it's because mainly a breakdown in society. Well, like I told you earlier, uh, parents have 18 years to get it right. They do. They got 18 years to get it right. Okay. Um, and there are things that we can do to mitigate the threat. And I think we need to take those steps. We need to look at other countries and how they've secured their schools. Yes, um, yes. Several times now I've, I've uh, done little searches on Israel and how they secured their schools. That's a great example. Um, I don't want. That's a great. I example. don't want to turn our institutes of education into prisons. No, I don't okay. either, but I think it can be done without but without that much effect. We, Our children are our most valuable assets. 
We need to protect them the same as we protect the White House, the same as we protect the federal mint, um, yes. the same as we yes. protect the person sitting in the office of the president of the United States. We need to protect our children. Enacting laws to make it illegal for you to break other laws does not protect our children. That's well said. That's well said. You know, I'll give you an example of what you're talking about, John, since you mentioned other countries. My wife's from the Philippines. I've been to the Philippines many, many times. Um, Most of their schools do have pretty well-trained and fully armed officers in the schools. Not only in the schools. They don't have a Second Amendment in the Philippines. But when you go to a public place, when you go to a grocery store, for example... Most of them have armed security at all of the entrances. When you go to a mall over there, I not only went not only went by an armed security, but then I went through a metal detector, and they secure the place, even though they don't allow me to carry a gun there, at least when I'm going to public places or a school, they are making an attempt to protect the place. We've already got some good programs that have been started in Texas with the school marshal program. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have different uh, school districts that have their own police departments. Uh, I know of our one of our local uh, school districts. Their uh, matter of fact, their uh, their chief is a, a very accomplished uh, police officer, uh, accomplished uh, martial artist. Uh, Hoist Gracie Black Belt, um, his uh, his next in charge, uh, has numerous years on the street, um, has been a marksman, sharpshooter, has, uh, I, I believe I told you, he uh, won the senior division in his first tournament, uh, Blue Belt. Yeah, you told me that. Jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Um, you, you can't put people in the positions of guarding safeguarding our children that couldn't run a hundred yards without having a heart attack <laughs> yes uh, and uh, I know that Gabe uh, because he's he's actually told me too I know that he's starting a uh, a fitness um, part of his company yes he is and which I think is incredibly good well like I, and, I didn't get to finish earlier I got sidetracked and I'm, I'm oh, mad about sorry that. About Gabe, Gabe not inventing the phrase, you know, about the uh, it's easier to, to teach a fighter to shoot than to teach a shooter to fight. Um, yeah, he has put these programs together better than anybody I've ever seen. Yeah, I agree. Uh, of mixing the the hand to hand combat, uh, the footwork, marksmanship, gun handling. He's put it together better than anybody I've ever seen. Uh, which is one of the reasons I've been with him since 2010. Um, and one thing I noticed, you're right, he's put them together better than anybody. One of the things I noticed is you got to be in reasonably decent shape to to be a fighter. You you can't be a fighter if if you're in horrible condition. It does you no good if you have no stamina, if you, if you can't last. It does you no good to save your child, save your wife, save your home 
from the bad guys if you sit down and die afterwards because your heart can't take it. Uh, yep. Some things can't be helped. Well, look at, at, at Ray Liotta. Six, you know, who would have thought mm-hmm. that he would have passed away in his sleep at 67? But you know, none of us are getting off this ride alive. No, we're not. Uh, and we don't know when our time is. If, if I can't go in my sleep, I would prefer being able to go in the service of others. You know, you brought up a good point, John. There are a lot of things we know. We know how much money we have. We know what kind of house we live in. We know what our income is. We know a lot of things, but the one thing that we'll never know is how much time we have left here. And I think about that a lot. I mean, of course, I'm just barely past middle age. Um, but, you know, uh, no, you're not. My, uh, my, my father is not getting any younger, and I, I'm seeing him as much as I can. There's things you start to realize once you cross over that, that, that one threshold. You look at things a little bit differently. And uh, yes, here recently, we, we had a, a, um, a major accident, uh, not, not a mile, not even a mile from, from my place of business. And both of those people were alive and well at 6 a.m., and by 6.30, they were both deceased. Ooh, wow. They didn't plan the day for that. I, I I can tell you, if it was me, there's probably a lot of things I would have wanted to do differently before my final breath. Well, of course, we all have uh, regrets like that, but, you know... Um... Our heart's in the right place, and that's the most important thing. So, I mean, live each day to its fullest. Uh, love your loved ones. That, yeah, the, next, you know, the next time that you give one a kiss and you walk away, there may not be another another day. And that's the way we all need to live. I'm I'm on a lot of borrowed time right now. You know, uh, seven and a half years ago, I was uh, I was close to going to meet my mate. You're a walking, talking miracle, Bob. I am, thank you, and I give all the glory to God, not not me, um, and I give a lot of the cr- credit and the glory to very talented doctors who know what they were doing, and you know I I have to give them plenty of credit as well, and uh, I don't I don't take any of it for granted, not at all, um, and if this is my last interview, well then so be it, but we that's you know the mindset we have to have. It uh, needs to be different in this country, I think, for things to change. A lot of things have to be have to be different, uh, and some of the things I don't know, I don't know how it's going to change uh, now that Pandora is out of the box. Um, well, we have a society problem. We have we have um, a society problem. We have a communication problem. A lot of our problems are based off of social media. I don't, oh, I yes. don't see people acting in public the way that they do on social media. I don't see the, oh, the, my God. The, no, the, they don't. the name calling, the insulting, the, uh, the, you know, it, it's polar opposites. There, there's only one way to do this, and it's either my way or your way. And if I'm right, that means that you have to be wrong and vice versa. But uh, social media has become such a demon in and of itself that uh, – I think a lot of our issues are stemming from interaction on social media. 
I think you're 100% right, John. And there are very few people that live in civilized countries that don't get on social media. And actually, I respect, I, I have a couple of friends that refuse to, and, and I actually respect them for that. But the point I'm trying to make is so many people are exposed to it that it gets it can really have a negative effect. Try to live by a rule of never saying anything to anybody across social media that you wouldn't say from across the table if you were both armed. That's tough to do. That's tough to do. That is tough to do. You know, and the Internet gives everybody a voice, but it doesn't give everybody a brain. It doesn't give them a brain. And just because you have the right to voice your opinion doesn't mean I have to listen to it. Well, and it also means that it might not be the right thing to do. It might not be a good idea to say what you say on social media. You know what I mean? You might be surprised how many times your opinion doesn't matter. I know. I might be surprised. <laughs> you know, and, and, I, and I say that generally <laughs> for, for the both of us. Um, sure, sure. And that's one of the reasons sure. why right now, as, as far as what's happening in Uvalde, which is an area close to me, you know I love to bird hunt. And my and, 85 miles from my and house, my partners go to you, we, you know, Uvalde to Mason, uh, Ballinger, different areas to, to, to bird hunt. Um, but I, I just refuse to, uh, have an opinion yet until I know more about what occurred, what the sequences of events were, and it comes from a credible source. Well, you're a bigger man than I am, John, because I got a lot of opinions about it, and some of them are really not so good, but maybe I should dial back those opinions. Well, I, I just, um, and, and this is just you me, know. and my observation is I, I see many times when things are portrayed a certain way, and that's not how they were, and, and yeah, when it's true. found out that that's not the way it was, it's not a front page redaction saying, hey, we were wrong. They they they, no. they put it at the very back a little snippet in a note to editor or something. Um, or, Whatever, or, yeah, or, they'll or, they'll or, not or admit it's not it. Addressed at all, it's just left by the wayside. It was just like when um, uh, one of the senators uh, said something about I think it was about uh, Mitch uh, McConnell, maybe Mitch McConnell. Anyway, the. He, he said the guy didn't pay his taxes. And, and okay. it said all the stuff that, that about him not paying his taxes, what have you. And then after the election, when it, it's like, wait a minute, uh, this, this this never happened. Yeah, but my guy won, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, see, that's the problem. That's part of the problem we have, the communication problem that we have. You know, it's okay to lie and bear false witness in this country. And, you know, according to God and his word in the Bible, it's not okay by God's law. But for some reason, man's law, it's okay to do that. They've got no problem lying uh, and, and posing it as absolute truth as long as they feel that it justifies the end that they want. That's all they care about. And, you know... Uvalde's very close to me. Uh, it's it's 91 miles from my house. That school is about 91, 92 miles. I got a lot of customers in Uvalde. Uvalde's in my sales territory. I've been there many times. And, you know, when stuff like that happens anywhere, it's bad. When it hits close to home, it's even worse. And, um, 
you know, we we got to figure out some way to at least slow this down. We 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 have to. Um, this this just cannot continue to happen. We have to be willing to secure our schools. And, we have to be and, willing to secure our schools you know, for, and train people to do so. Listening, don't don't think that I'm saying that every teacher must be armed. That's not the way that it works. You, no. you have to have people self-select. Uh, that's how the marshal program works. They self-select. They're not forced to be a school marshal. And I would happily, happily train any educator that wants to have an education up and beyond the license to carry program, if they want to learn how to run their firearm, how to shoot their firearm effectively with strength and be able to fight with their firearm to save lives, I will happily teach them that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you will. And a lot of instructors would. But you have to have Don't you think? I know. I know there's a but there's yeah. a bunch of instructors that, that have the exact same feelings that I do, and I'm not just an instructor. I'm, you can call me a teacher, a trainer. I'm more than just an instructor. Um, I, I do more than, than just disseminate the information uh, verbally, or you know, you need to tighten up your groups or what have you. I, I walk them through every portion, explain everything that I can explain, either by how it looks, how it feels. Yeah, you do, and you're good at that too. There, there's there's more to just there's more to it than just verbal instruction. Yeah, there is, there is, and I want people to after they finish listening to this episode, you know, the the most important thing that I would like people to know is that fighting and shooting are so vastly different, um, and we're more likely to be in a fight than in a shooting. Would you agree? I'd agree. You're more likely to be in it. The only problem I have with, with fighting when it comes to, to my age and your age, Bob, is is that people are our age don't fight to fight. If they're in a physical confrontation, it's to end something. Right. So you right. you have to be very, very careful with that. But once again, you get back to the ramp to the arc. When it's time, it's time. When it's time, it's time. I'm in no condition to be in a prolonged fight um, because of my age and my health condition, but I still have the mind and I still have the mindset that if it goes down and I got to fight, I'm going to do the best I can. And if the best I can is not good enough, so be it, but I'm still going to do the best I can. I agree with you. you. You do the absolute best that you can. And that also goes towards your physical training. You do what you can. You, you yeah. push yourself where you can. If you can't push yourself to where you think you need to be, then you get someone to help push you there, to help yes. help motivate you. But once again, you have to have the desire to stop the evil. You have to. Yes. Uh, I did an episode a very long time ago, like it was during the first year or two that I did this show. And I and I titled it. Can you pull the trigger? You know, can you really pull the trigger? And, you know, you may think you can 
and you may prepare for it. But when the time comes and you got to do it, can you really do it? Do you have the mindset? You know, are you are you ready to go when when that time comes? And it all boils down to what you put into it. It all boils down to what what you put into it. Yeah. You know, can can you look an active shooter in the eye and you're in the position to do something about it? Can can you point your pistol at his face and pull the trigger and stop the attack? You know, uh, it, that takes a lot w- within somebody to do that. And, 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 and not, I think and not everybody can. Not everybody can do not, that. And that's just nope. the way the way that the Lord made us. Not everyone can do that. But you have got to nope. make the decision now. Correct. Not as it's happening. You have to have made the decision now. If you can't make that decision now, then you've got no business airing the game. You know, and, and let's think about it. Somehow this turd got away with murdering 21 people. And if, you know, if, by God, if somebody who had the wherewithal and had the presence and the mindset and the weapon and knew how to use it and was there sooner to intervene, maybe 21 might not have gotten killed. Maybe it would have been a lot less than that. Uh, you, you, would, you would hope it would be a, a lot less or not at all. Or not at all. And, I, and that's the mindset I think that we Americans have to develop, at least those who are willing. Those who are willing to develop that mindset Secure the schools, like you said earlier, you made a great point, the same way that we secure the Capitol and the White House and all kinds of places, the courthouse and everything, why, why can't the schools have the same security? They are, those children are our most valuable assets. They're, those children are our future. We're supposed, to make they them, are. we're supposed to make them better than us. Yeah, and I'm going to say something that's going to piss people off, but I don't care. Why do we send $43 billion to Ukraine when we can use that $43 billion to secure our schools here at home? Makes no sense to me. I just pissed a bunch of people off, but I don't care. Because how much security, how much trained security do you think we could provide for $43 billion? Some somebody already did an Excel spreadsheet or something like that, and would uh, would you and I discuss? They analyzed they it. Analyzed and said every school in the United States would supply three to five officers for ten years with forty three billion dollars. Yes, something like that. And, 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 and the way our government wastes money, yeah, and that's just my flawed recollection. But it was it was in that direction. And, and as bad as our government wastes money, we could probably come up with more than $43 billion. And, and probably, if we spent it right, did it right, we, we probably might not have a, a school shooting ever again. Wouldn't it be nice to have it uh, as secure as the uh, security checkpoint at the airport? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, but- how many shootings do we see inside of airports? I, I'm not saying there hasn't been one since uh, you had the secured areas and all that jazz. But I didn't say that either, but I, how many? I, I, not I, many. I, I can't think of one. 
Yeah, exactly. I can't think of one. Exactly. And, and if it did it, well, I honestly, I, I, I can't recall of a single one. Um, and now I'm, I'm not in favor of, you know, having a line going at the school and it takes you, you know, an hour, you know, you gotta be at school at eight o'clock, you better get there at 5 a.m. because you have to process security. No, it, we don't it want should, that. Yeah, it shouldn't be like that. And that's almost what we do when we're flying places. If I, you know, I had the luxury of, of, of being on duty with flying missions in the past. And of course, all of our stuff's already done and we kind of peel off. You never see, you never see us until we board the aircraft. But, uh, if I'm, you know, just flying as Joe Blow me, you know, uh, if if we've got to, to be on that plane at nine o'clock, you, you you make sure that you're at the airport at six. You know what I mean? And I don't I don't well, I you're don't right. see that happen in the schools. But at the same time, we, we need to have some some safeguards in place. And, and there's, and well, there's and you no, know what, no reason why we can't. That's correct. That's correct. You know, and you know what one of those safeguards I think is. And again, I'm, I'm going to say something controversial, but I don't care. We need to have people there who are trained that can profile, that can easily figure out who's supposed to be there, who might be a threat, and who's a parent dropping off their kid. You see someone walking across a parking lot with a rifle wearing body armor heading your direction. It doesn't take a whole lot to figure that out, does it? It's kind of a, it's kind of a warning sign, don't you think? So, yes, they need to be able to, to recognize a threat or any potential yeah. threat. Exactly. And then they need to be able to get into action and, and do something about it. You know, confront the person, talk to them, be ready to fight them if you have to. But that's that's what we need. And and that won't, it, that would not require students to get there two hours early because people who are trained and know what they're doing, like I said, they know a mom dropping off her fourth grader compared to somebody wearing armor and carrying a rifle and left their vehicle that just got into an accident or whatever. We need to secure our schools. We need to secure our churches. Absolutely. Those two go hand in hand, uh, in my opinion. Um, Now, the church I go to, the church I go to, they do have a significant amount of armed, uniformed officers there. Now, I don't know anything about their officers' training, but at least they're there. Then that that's important in of itself. Um, I also carry my gun in there too, because I don't trust the ability and the timing of any of those armed officers either. You've got to, you've got to be able to take care of yourself. Only you are responsible for you. Exactly. Um, And that gets back to the point we made earlier. If there are a few select administrators and teachers that have been trained and that are willing to do it, uh, it makes it a lot harder target. And and we have had that in in my area. Uh, The the school marshals have gotten extensive training. And they're also, all the school marshals, those people in their positions are not made known to the public. Only the administrators know who the marshals are that's good that's good now let me get your opinion on something else in the state of texas where we live um the 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 state law i believe is that it's up to the school district as to what kind of security they wish to provide right that's my understanding and that's not working well security always takes a back burner until something like this happens 
It doesn't seem that that system doesn't seem to be working because, you know, I understand Uvalde is a little small town. They may not have a whole lot of money in that school district. They probably don't. And unfortunately, this comes down to money a lot of times. Oh, well, we don't have the budget to do that. Well, I, I, maybe they need to be provided the budget to do that. There's, there's got to be a way, Bob. Um, I, I, all I can speak for is what's been done here. Um, yeah. And I would hope that other places are getting on board and doing the same kind of thing. Yeah, I would hope so, too. Um, well, this has been a good discussion. I want to I want to finish with something. I'd like you to comment on it. Um, I sent you the email in advance so that you could think about it. In our last conversation, um, you we talked about the fact that you, you are retired law enforcement. And um, one listener uh, said that he believed that retired law enforcement still has the right to carry in places where uh, a regular LTC carrier may not be or at least now constitutional carrier in texas so do you do you wish to talk about that well, he's, he's correct but i don't he I, is correct. I don't carry uh, retired credentials i carry you don't have retired i, I, I do not um and uh, i mean i had that choice of, of when I, I cashed out so to speak and we talked about some of that uh but uh i chose i chose not to at that time there's there's some other thing other reasons why and then uh, that may change in, in, here in, in the future. But uh, I, I carry strictly based on the authority of my license to carry. Yeah. Now, I, yeah. I, I well, have and... had an offer of going back to a part-time paid position and, uh, and, and having my co- uh, commission carried once again. And, I'll, uh, and I'm going to do that. But uh, as far as, as asking uh, why or, or his statement, it was correct. That's the answer. He was correct, and so now you've explained why it at this time doesn't apply to you. Correct, correct. But, but okay, I, I, good. I, Thank I, you for doing I had that. The, the number of years required through the uh, Texas County uh, uh, Texas County Retirement System uh, or Texas County District Retirement System to file my retirement. So okay, that's good. That's why I say good. I'm, Thanks for I'm a retired police officer even though i uh my license is still current and uh, i i will more than likely be uh, a commissioned officer once again here very soon good i cannot resist asking one more question um how likely do you think it would be if if most of the school districts in the country decided that security was important enough to put it in their budget how likely do you think that they would be able to find, for example, maybe ex-law enforcement, maybe ex-military people, maybe even just just citizens that are willing to do it? How, how do you think their, uh, their uh, hiring would go? I don't think they would have a shortage of applicants. <laughs> they probably would I, not. I think no. that they would be able to go through the applications with a fine-tooth comb and and pick the best of the best. I, I think that it would take them some time because you're going to have a lot of applicants. Um, uh, a right. lot of the people uh, that I know that that uh, are are retired but still uh, crave the carnivore life uh, would jump right on board. 
for that matter, well, you know, and my- quite honestly, and this is just something that just, you know, my, my brain goes in different directions. We have organizations that, uh, that send police officers to other countries the, yeah, on contracts. True. That, that True. those guys get paid $80,000, $100,000 a year to do the same job they did back home on a contract for a private corporation. Well, that's I'm true. All, we I, do. You know, I'm all about capitalism and our you know, free republic. And maybe this is a circumstance where the private sector could step up and do a much better job than our government. I've, I've never seen the government solve Boy, a whole lot of problems. Isn't that a great point, John? And, you know, if we can send them overseas into other countries to provide security, why can't we do it here in the good old USA at our schools? That's what went through my mind. Ah, very good point. Very, very good. I can always count on you, John, when you interview on my show to come up with points like that. Thank you. Uh, Occasionally, even the blind hog finds an acre. (laughs) we're pretty much out of time but i really appreciate it john thanks for agreeing to do part two any last words you want to leave with the listeners it's just been a pleasure as always bob it's a it's a, a fun conversation and interview with you every time folks look him up look up john Payne, uh and uh get get to one of his classes when he's teaching them and uh stop by his pawn shop if you're in Bridge City, Texas. What's the name of the pawn shop? Ray's Pawn Shop. Ray's Pawn Shop. I I got it right with Bridge City, yes, right? Yes, sir. Thirty one thirty five Texas Avenue, Bridge City, Texas. All right, John. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thank you, Bob. Well, John, thank you again for your time. That was a great interview. John and I spent another twenty minutes talking about a lot of really cool subjects and even expanding on this interview a little bit. So that's available for all of you who are Patreon supporters, no matter what level, you're all going to get it. Go to my Patreon page, patreon.com slash handgunworld, get signed up, and uh, listen to the rest of it. I think you're going to really enjoy it, and I, you know, I don't edit a whole lot. And the Patreon uh, segment is completely 100% raw, no editing. Okay, I want to conclude with this. There comes a time where we have to admit the truth. The truth is there. What did Winston Churchill say? He said, the truth is there. It's incontrovertible. It's undebatable, something like that. Malice may attack it. Ignorance may deride it. But in the end, there it is. The truth is there. We have to accept reality. The reality is evil permeates our world. Evil permeates our world. And it's not going to end until God decides it's going to end. And in the meantime, what we must do is we must accept that this exists. We must accept that this exists and we must accept that we must do something about it. And we must do something sensible about it. And we must do something to stop evil when we see it. And that's the key. Stop evil when we see it. As soon as it begins to happen. Uh, Recently, I'll tell you about something that's not in the media. In West Virginia, 
recently, some guy, I think, went to a birthday party, an outdoor birthday party or something like that, and he starts shooting his AR-15 at the party goers, and a lady, a concealed carry person, a lady there who was carrying her gun, shot him and killed him and took him out, and nobody got killed. That's truth. That happened. Guns save lives all the time. In fact, they save more lives. I shouldn't say guns save more lives. You know, that's, that's not the right way for me to talk. I'm sorry I said that. People save lives with guns as their tool. And that happens more often than people using guns to take other lives. So think about that. I'll do the best I can to look up that article and uh, put that link in the show notes as well. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Uh, Remember, Concealment Solutions, makers of fantastic outside-the-waistband holsters, they are also one of my sponsors, and they also make great hybrid holsters. Check them out, concealmentsolutions.com, handgun world, discount code for a 10% discount. And uh, still a chance... There's still a chance for you to get signed up for the class that Ben and I are teaching June 4th. It's next Saturday. And uh, come come train with us. Learn effective ways to defend yourself. Ben and I teach fighting. We don't teach shooting. There's a big difference. We teach fighting. We don't teach shooting. And if you listen to the most previous interview with John Payne and, of course, this one, we talked about the difference between fighting and shooting thanks for tuning in remember shoot straight shoot safe read your bible every day and i'll talk to you next week goodbye